This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Hi, this is Lita Curry for Talent Talks. Today, I'd like to talk to you about how to make good decisions in a team, because making good decisions is a critical competence for any team. If a team can make good decisions at pace, it means that they can remain competitive and they can really make use of opportunities in the market. They can be proactive instead of reactive. But many teams find it difficult to make good decisions. And I believe it's because not many teams really talk about how to make good decisions. And that creates confusion. In some of the teams that I've worked with, um, people tell me that decisions are continuously being revisited. You know, people think that the decision has been made, but next week on the agenda in the team meetings, we see again the decision up for debate. So decisions are continuously being revisited and it means they can't be implemented. The organization and the team cannot move forward. A lot of teams also highlight the fact that they have this whole don't shoot the messenger approach when they communicate decisions that they either weren't part of or that they don't agree with. And that makes it very difficult for any decision to be implemented. And again, it creates this kind of vortex where the team is stuck continuously in making the decision, questioning the decision, making it again. It also happens that the, the message becomes diluted um, and it imp- the teams then implement decisions half-heartedly, kind of lukewarm support for the decisions, which, which doesn't really help the team, again, making use of those opportunities in the market. So the question is then, how do you improve decision-making in a team? So here's a couple of ideas around that. First off, have an agreed structure for making decisions. For example, one of the clients that I work with have a very clear structure, a five-step process around how to make decisions. And it starts off, the very first step is to decide whose decision it is to make. Now that might seem simple, but in a complex situation with, with different matrix teams, it might not be all that clear around whose decision it is to make. It's really worth it spending some time getting this right. And if you have to spend more time on figuring out whose decision it is than actually making the decision, it will be time well spent. So spend the time figuring out whose decision it is. You have to make sure that that it's not ambiguous. It's absolutely crystal clear. It should be one person making the decision, not a team, one person. Have it out, make sure that it's clear and agree that with the rest of the team. The second step is then to decide, well, whose voices need to be heard? Who would be the the recommenders in the team? Whose input should we look for? And here again, I think it's important to be critical. Do these people need to be involved? Again, you don't need to be, well, you don't need to involve every single person in the team just to be inclusive. You need to be clear who is going to be the recommenders, whose input do you need, and do they really need to be involved? I think a lot of people get stuck in trying to be too inclusive and that actually creates problems because it's not necessarily necessary to to involve every single person in the team as a recommender. Ask yourself, why do these people need to be involved? Who needs to be involved? What is the value that they add? And if it is the answer is just to be inclusive, I don't think that's that's good enough. Make sure that the people who recommend and input into the decision have a clear role to play. 
Then the third step would be how to communicate the decision once it's been made. And that needs to be communicated clearly and the message shouldn't be diluted. In one of the clients I worked with, they found that the the communication kind of breaks down in the middle management layer. So senior management would make a a communication, they would a decision, they would communicate it. But then middle management didn't always know how to communicate the decision. They didn't quite understand what, what the next steps was. So what they did then was to to create a script every time that a decision was made, a script that middle management could read from. It created um, the context for the decision, the rationale for the decision, uh, clear communication in terms of what the decision is and who needs to implement it. And that script really went a long way to explain to middle management what it is that they need to communicate. And it made sure that the message was not diluted. Um, They could really um, include it in terms of their communication into the next level. The fourth step would then be to review decisions that had been made in terms of were they good decisions, yes or no? What can we learn from the decisions? Where did we go wrong? How can we change the process going forward? So learning what works in terms of decision making, I think is critical. Don't be too precious about the process, you know, change it in order to improve it um, and keep on doing this until you get the decision making process right. So learning from decisions, I think is critical. So four steps in terms of improving, make sure that you know whose decision it is, whose voices need to be um, heard and and who need to be recommend, who needs to recommend in terms of the decision, um, clear communication, and then reviewing the process. So those are the four steps that, that I would recommend. Now, you might have a couple of questions in your mind in terms of what ifs. What happens if a decision was taken and you don't support it? Okay, so here's a couple of questions for you to think about. First of all, was it your decision to make? And if the answer is no, then you need to support the decision. Have you been consulted? And if the decision was no, the next question would be, should you have been consulted? And if the question there is yes, you might need to make sure that your voice is heard. If the decision is no, then sometimes you just need to suck it up, accept it and support the decision in order to move the team forward. So that's the question around what what if you don't support the decision? Another what if question is what if the team continuously revisits the decisions that have already been taken? Now, again, the structure here will help you if you follow the the structure, if the decision has been made by the right person with input from the right people, then maybe the team leader needs to be very clear here and say, well, the decision has been made. It is not up for discussion. Don't open it up for discussion. Move forward, communicate the decision and take the next step. So sometimes these, these decisions need to be pushed through. And then finally, what happens if there's no clear decision that can be made? There's no clear path forward. Now, this happens often because we live in a very complex, ambiguous world. When I was at high school, my principal always used to say, I, I won't ever um, apologize for a decision that I've made because I've made the best decision with the information I had. And as a school child, I thought, well, this is a little little silly. But later on in life, I realized that he had a point. If you can make the best decision you can with the information that you had at that point, that's probably better than not making any decisions at all. So make the best decision that you have with the information that you have at that moment and try and move forward. I think that is critical. Learn from mistakes, ask for feedback in terms of of decisions being made um, and continuously improve the process going forward. So that's how I would recommend making better decisions as a team. This was Lita Curry for Talent Talks. Chat to you soon.